my name is Nalao Delmeida and this is Perspective, a place for simple and authentic conversation with the intention to uplift and inspire. Today I'll be talking to Miriam Hornet, who is a multifaceted individual as a sustainability expert, a concept curator, a strategist, and a person with such a keen eye for art direction. She is just the overall and all-round cool girl. <laughs> I'm super excited to dive into this conversation and she really reminds us about this idea of being unlimited as people. So I hope that this talk inspires you as much as it inspires me. Let's get into it. Okay, so Miriam, I'm super, super excited to be talking to you today. Um, you are like, I think when I first met you, when I was at my, during my internship in um, Germany at Adidas, this was like, you were like uh, the sunshine of the merchandising department, which was so cool. Like, I think I always looked forward to seeing your outfits and like, you were maybe the, like the first perspective I had of someone who was like, you know, really committed to sustainability, but also just really committed to living like a good life, which I loved so much. It was, it was really, yeah, but it, it really was like, I don't know if it was because I was just super excited about everything and also meeting you was super inspiring. Um, but yeah, it's always funny because like when you meet people, you often don't get the chance to tell them these things. So it's nice to have the chance to tell you now. And also the chance to, to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah, let's jump into these questions. Um, you know, first of all, I just wanted you to sort of have the opportunity to introduce yourself and what you do, what is your life, like your livelihood more, more than anything at the moment is what I'm curious about, you know, if you could tell everyone. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so where do I start and what do I do? Um, well, I'm Miriam. I'm... Half Spanish, half French. Um, I'm living currently in Moscow. Um, after moving into, I don't know how many countries. Oh, I've lost out. <laughs> um, and at the moment, I am heading up the sustainability department for a Russian company. Uh, I'm actually building it up, basically, um, because we're starting from scratch. Um, but I've had experiences as a fashion buyer, merchandiser. As a strategist, as a designer, <laughs> um, a bit of everything, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, always related to fashion, but mm -hmm. um, in different hats, wearing different hats. That's how I will describe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Amazing. And you like you just mentioned sustainability and that you're basically building up the sustainability department for this company you're working for at the moment. Um, having met you and also knowing you a little bit, you know, it comes across that everything you do is set from a foundation of, of sustainability. What does that mean for you? What is sustainability for you? I think it's such a broad topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is, but actually it's not so mm -hmm. it's it's both ways to me sustainability it's a way of life um it's it's just a principle or or it's integrated into my values of living according to natural cycles mm -hmm. the more that you can um so you know if, if i was not doing it in everything in my life be it my work be it my personal life um, or any project that i have it would be a bit untruthful to myself mm -hmm. or I, I think I will have a bit of, a, of an imbalance with myself you know imagine that 
I will only be preaching sustainability in my work and then not on the food that I eat or Absolutely. how I, I do things in, in my house or something like this. So I think it is a holistic approach and it's, it becomes a way of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's so clear knowing you as well, you know, that um, that it's not just your personal or like it's not just your business life that you aim to to sort of have these values, but it's also your personal life. And I think so, you know, we live in such a time of like misinformation and just absolute greenwashing. It's so hard for companies, let alone people themselves to sort of have these values or maybe it can be an overwhelming sort of approach to sort of say, OK, I'm trying to do better for the environment right now. How is it that you sort of navigate this sticky field of sustainability and also being quite environmentally conscious without feeling overwhelmed or maybe overwhelming the people that you work with? There, there are several things here. Um, I understand that it's a very overwhelming topic for people that are not insiders working on it every day. Um, so in, in, in my way, what I try to do is to be a critic. Um, of course, don't believe everything that you hear. And with everything, investigate for yourself so that you have your own opinion mm -hmm. based on your own research in a way. Um, as, as far as you can get to, to understand, always read the small letters, like in contracts, mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and try to understand or to, to, yeah, to understand if what you're doing or it is the right thing to do. Um, so for example, what I've learned in my, in my process of becoming more sustainable, um, you might have misconceptions of something that they told you some years ago, this is how you're supposed to recycle, for example, or mm -hmm. sort, sort your trash. Mm -hmm. But then you discovered that some parts of it is not true, or that they told you half of the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So by that, it's more to keep on being curious about it. Mm -hmm. I love that, yeah. And always try to have a, a positive intent for it, mm -hmm. right? And of course, then how do I translate all this? Um, because I do have way more knowledge than the normal person, basically because I work with that industry, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to mm -hmm. have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and especially what I'm experiencing now with, with uh, the Russian company, uh, we're building up from scratch. Mm -hmm. So you have people that have no idea of what is sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, they might not even care because uh, historically, Russia is not the most pioneering country on it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not supported by the government, so people are not fully educated in it. Yeah. Um, you cannot go full on what we, for example, in Europe are, are used to, mm -hmm. like, since I have memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so it's, it's, you know, making it very digestible, mm. making it understand why and what it comes from, what is the reason that we have to do things like this, yeah. what is the effect of things. Yeah. It's more of that and uh, not be too alarming, not be perceived as too radical. Mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, nobody will listen to you. Yeah. Um, make it easy. That is actually the definition of sustainable. Mm. It has to be easy to mm. be sustained. Oh, I it's love that. Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Much of a struggle. Nobody's going to be able to sustain it. That's true. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, I also love the fact that you said that you know it's about being curious that interest that comes from people that allows them to sort of you know get to know more and being a critic about something that you may not really understand and not just believing everything that you you read in the papers or see um 
And then just going back to your expertise, I mean, you are such a creative person. <laughs> you really are. Like, I mean, I spent time looking at your Instagram pictures. So it's so nice to see. I think you are, as you mentioned earlier, you are someone who has a lot of experience and has had, you know, the opportunity to wear many different hats. What was the journey leading up to that for you? Like, what was that like becoming who you are now and, and the different, you know, fields that you've been able to work in? Like, how did that start? And, and did you see yourself where you are now then? <laughs> did you yeah. ever imagine that? Uh, or? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Um, I think the process has been a self-discovery mm-hmm. process. Mm. Um, so I guess it's because we're growing up, right? Yeah. Um, so if you had asked me maybe 10 years ago when I started my, my career, I would have said, you know, I'm going to work in the luxury fashion industry, I'm going to go to the fashion shows, I'm going to have the live, <laughs> <and> bling. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I was impressed by that. By that. Um, I come from a family of tailors, my grandma, my mom. So it was kind of natural to look at that industry. Mm. But um, more and more, when I was getting into it, I, I identified there were some clashes with my other values. Mm. So it has become a process of deconditioning myself, in a way, of, um, you know, what, uh, what you get, I don't know, um, impressed mm. by society or by the exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding if that is what actually what I want to do, what I don't want to do. Um, so that was one part. The other part is I would have never said that I was a creative person. Wow. When I That's why I didn't study design because I was good in numbers and in science. Mm-hmm. So I studied business and uh, more the technical part, right? Yeah. Um, but then by by allowing myself to not limit myself so mm. yeah i don't know how to do it now but what if i try mm. and i started trying and see where i could get mm. i was always looking up to other people that i believe they were very creative or they were inspiring me and i the first i believe that that happens to a lot of people the mm-hmm. first thought that you have is yeah but i cannot do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you don't know until you try yeah and you learn you're not going to be born knowing how to do it you're gonna have to learn it like anybody else yeah so just give yourself a try yeah that's some really good advice there just to try now exactly. honestly i think um that was so powerful what you said about not limiting yourself i think sometimes we always have this idea of where we're trying to get in life and it's so i know for me like I was so set on this one idea and now I'm living in a city I never wanted to live in, first of all. Um, <laughs> You're living in Moscow, so <laughs> I never thought about moving to Russia and here, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and it's like, I think that's what it is, it's just, okay, I think it's amazing to dream and to aspire for something, right, but give yourself the space to grow regardless, and I, I love that, I love that you had... Change plans. Yeah. Flexible, <laughs> Honestly. stay open to... Yeah. If another path comes and it's interesting, why not? Why not, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, so I met you, obviously, when I was doing my internship in Germany. And since then, I know that you've had the opportunity to live in so many different other places, even prior to that, I think. Um, 
what was your experience or what what do you think that sort of added to your life your personal life but also your career having the opportunity to be exposed to so many different cultures and like different countries yeah so i've lived a lot of places in europe north (laughs) south and the middle uh also in the us for a year and now in russia that's that's fine i've gotten yeah um i'm not discarding anything in the future (laughs) (laughs) um what i've learned Besides cooking a lot of nice, delicious food. I love that. Is that we do have kind of prejudices mm-hmm. of how people are, how cultures are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very comfortable, you know, to just say, this is what I've heard that they are without even getting to know certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of depth under that um and what i've learned is to understand why they are the way they are because it's true we have a lot of differences and what it might seem very logical for me or for us it's not logical it's not so straightforward for other cultures Mm -hmm. i'm I'm experiencing this now especially um and you have to go deeper into the background Mm -hmm. what made them the way that they are and usually studying their their history it helped me a lot um, you find some commonalities with your past, with your, you know, your history as well, and you get kind of surprised how so far away cultures are, you know, have commonalities in that sense. Yeah. Um, but also the differences. What are, What are their values and why they are there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and with with the Russian culture, it, it taught me quite a lot of that. They mm-hmm. experience a, a huge acceleration and a change of of an economical situation that determines their way of life in such a fast pace, left and right, that's what they've done, that, you know, they they also lived in such an uncertainty moment for so many years, Mm -hmm. um, that it has made them value certain things, right, or being more, I believe that they are a country, for example, that recovers from economical crisis faster. Yeah. That's true. They yeah. do it super fast, yeah. more than, than us, more yeah. than, uh, than the US. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're easy, they're accustomed to instability. Mm. You know? Whoa. Um, yeah, so, so it's quite interesting to also see, see that part. Yeah, yeah. I love that because I feel like it also goes back again to this, um, what we were talking about, even just about being curious, right? And moving or just being in a space with people who are different to you who have different customs than you do and saying hey like that's different but I actually want to know more and I think there's so much we can all learn from each other we all have so many different experiences but when that comes together right it's that idea of collaboration being really this um this sweet spot for the best things to happen where two different things come together it's like the intersection (laughs) yeah Yeah. I think think it it becomes very obvious when you're exposed to a completely different culture Mm. but differences and the difference of the background of people it's it's doesn't matter it can be with your neighbor yeah exactly raised and born in the same place that you are but the, his or her reality is completely different than yours. Yeah. So it, it, what it le- taught me is, regardless of who you have in front, be empathic or try to pay attention to their mm. background, mm. so that you understand them. Yeah. 
why they react or they they say or they are yeah. the way they are. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I love that. One of the cheesiest questions I might ask, but <laughs> what would you say is one of the best lessons that you've learned over the development of your career up to now? I think the first one is related to the to the a lot of experiences mm. that you can have or how many times you can reinvent yourself is to not put yourself in a box. Do yeah. not put anybody in a box. Yeah. Um, not you know yourself. It is very limiting, and I know that society in general has tended mm -hmm. to put people in a box, mm -hmm. and uh, you are defined by your title, your job description. But I had so many, and some of them I've been able to write myself yeah. that you know I I can I don't want to be whatever it says in the title that somebody has put me. Yeah, um, I can be more than that, yeah. and anybody can be more than that. So. Yeah. It's this limiting belief that we're defined by something. Yeah. We cannot change. Um, that's the one thing. And the other thing is that I'm a very curious person and I want to know everything about everything. I'm just, yeah. I want to absorb as much as I can. Yeah. Um, also, coming from the point that one thing I know is that humanity doesn't know everything and will mm. never know everything. So it is a constant learning for it. Yeah. But to, Learning new things sometimes it's not a matter of accumulating one on top of the other. Mm -hmm. It's you have to learn certain things yeah. um, about ways of doing, you know. Um, and I experienced this in a very, like in a very practical environment, is to move from a very hierarchical way of working mm -hmm. in a corporation, for example, mm -hmm. into a more horizontal, more collaborative, more uh, pioneering way. Mm -hmm beyond your responsibility mm. you have to, to collaborate with others and just that's where creativity comes exactly. at its purest right yeah. Um, so yeah it's just a learning to mm. learn mm. other things that's so good so good and knowing now and also slightly before that you were such a curious person but you also have such a keen eye for an appreciation for art and beauty I think it's so clear to see and I love that because it's it's like you are it's so nice to see the world from someone else's eyes especially through their images and that's been over the years you know that's been my perspective of your life which has been so cool how much of how much of this um appreciation for art and beauty flows into how you work especially because you know before you never thought you really could be this creative person until you've grown into until you grew into who you are now so how much of that you know flows into what you do every day yeah so i think that so what i what i learned also of myself is that um, anything that you do, it becomes a part of you. It's like you're taking out from your insides mm -hmm. and putting it out there for other people to see, to observe, to use, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it carries your essence in a way. Yeah. Um, or your signature or something. And I didn't know that, that my essence would be to create something pleasing yeah. <laughs> through the senses. Yeah. Because, of course, on Instagram, you can only appreciate visually, but yeah. um, I do this creation with anything. It can be sounds, mm -hmm. very deep of music, so creating a whole atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to do it, I need to realize, um, I was told by people that were living with me, because uh, sometimes you're not conscious of yeah. what you do. 
somebody else tells you that you're doing something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that I tend to create this atmosphere, but what it drives me, and now it comes to the self-knowledge part, um, is the process of it. Yeah. It soothes me so much. So yeah. for me, I'm not saying therapy, but kind of. Mm. <laughs> um, I enjoy the process of creating something, mm. and then the end result is not so much the the purpose of it, but it, of course, if it turns out nice, yeah. right? And yeah. if somebody else can enjoy it, and I'm inspiring some feeling, some sensation to others, yeah. that's even an extra pleasure, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, and I've, I've found myself doing it even in hotel rooms. I have to do something on the hotel room, or yeah. <laughs> anything. I have to create even better, make it more pleasing, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get that. It's so funny because my, my best friend and I were always trying to create a vibe in the house when anyone's going to walk in. It's like, this song needs to be playing or like, you know, they need to feel like this. Or <laughs> and it's so nice because it's like, I love that you said it's not really the end result that you're so focused on. It's the whole process of it. that And, and that's how you know that something that's really yours, that's like your essence, is that you find joy in the process of it. So I really love that. Um. How much of how you grew up and your roots, and also maybe if you you know can go in a little bit about what your life was like growing up, how much of that influenced who you are today? Ooh, um, so I'm not a very I consider myself a bit dual mm -hmm. in a way. Um, my my father is from one country, my mom from another. So all friends have southern Spanish. <laughs> um, so quite extreme, um, although. In many things, not only on the on, on where they come from, but also where they grew up. Um, so it has always been a, a clash, but a good com like they're complementary mm -hmm. um, in a way. But they're kind of very extremes. So my family's one side is they speak one language. They're very passionate, very loud, very energetic, yeah. and the other one it's calming and you know <laughs> pleasing and. So I find myself that sometimes one of my side comes out and the other one comes <laughs> on another time. I don't control it. Um, somehow unconsciously, maybe I do. But, um, and also everything from those two cultures is different, even though they're both Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. So that's the commonality of it. Mm -hmm. um, but they're very different ways of approaching life yeah. as well. And uh, also, for example, my, my father's side is very cosmopolitan, like big city life, and my mom is, no, let's go to nature, let's go to nature. <laughs> yeah. Both extremes as yeah. well. Yeah. So I, I find myself, and uh, that has influenced me a lot to come to terms with being this dual mm. personality, mm. in a way, mm -hmm. um, that I can like both, I can be both, it just depends on the time, and uh, I've taken advantage of it. Um, that helps me to be kind of adaptive. Yeah. Um, I was told by one of my earliest managers that uh, he described me like a chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to adapt to many, to many situations. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm comfortable or I'm used to have these extremes all the time constantly in my life. Yeah. Um, and then how that has influenced me on, on art or, or, or visually what I'm, what I'm inspired by. Yeah. Of course, I always go back to my roots. So yeah. anything that... Is Mediterranean, it's like mm, going back home. Yeah. <laughs> be whatever it is, it yeah. can be either 
piece of ceramic or a painting or a smell, yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, but it has also taught me to value it because there was a moment in time that, um, you know, also being from the south of uh, Europe, mm -hmm. uh, when you start moving around to more northern countries, yeah. uh, you're the only southern European, <laughs> um, those stereotypes, you know, they come up and they get put into that box. And then you have to fight against it. And uh, somehow, especially when you're young, you kind of have this negative approach or you try to hide your own roots. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm obviously very Spanish, Southern European looking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very obvious by my looks as well. So yeah. I even had to compensate by by other, other ways. So had to work harder because you know we were considered mm. lazy mm. or I had to be more aggressive because we were considered too soft or mm. I had to like some certain music because uh, you know so just to prove my yeah. not denial but that, that it was not so obvious yeah and then since a few years back I went completely the opposite mm. wanted to make it clear where I was coming from and to be proud of it show my pride that you know, you have to be proud of where you come from. It's, yeah. it's part of who you are. Yeah. It, yeah. You are. So don't try to be like somebody else. Absolutely. And what what did that change for you when you when you sort of made that switch? Because I think that's something that so so many of us, in one way or another, can relate to. Um, feeling like okay, uh, I don't fit in here, so I need to need to just look different, act different, work harder, prove myself in these moments, and you just get so tired. You just get so tired, and you're just like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna be myself now. <laughs> so what was that? In freedom. Yeah. The feeling. I think there was a turning point. Um, it, it was also coinciding with a big change of my career. Mm -hmm. um, it was yeah it was a breaking point for a lot of things of okay i don't have to follow a vertical path mm -hmm. i don't have to do what everybody's expecting of me mm -hmm. um just because they think that that's the best of me of course it's with their best intention but i have to decide for myself yeah um and it came all at the same time i'm like i'm gonna be myself and do according to what i want to do yeah. And then it was kind of opening the Pandora's box in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, there you go. I'm going to be authentic to myself mm. full on. Mm. And everything came mm. at once. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. good. I love that. Very liberating. Yes. Actually. I, yes. Very I, I, I can, I can understand that. Um, wow. We have been through a serious year, I think, and, 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 Part of the reason, probably the whole reason I started this podcast was because of that. I mean, for example, I, I it got to August last year and I was just like, oh man, I'm the type of person who gets excited by the smallest thing, be it like a sunset. The other day we had this vegetable delivery come and like this really pretty cabbage came in the box and I was so excited about this cabbage. <laughs> so, you know, for someone who... I tend to get so excited by the, the, one may say, like the little things in life. I found myself just feeling like no, nothing is really exciting me. And I had to really make the effort to create these moments where I could be inspired again, whether it was reaching out to people or just reading the books that I like and doing the things that really fill me up again. Um, 
what was that like for you also being I'm sure someone who appreciates beautiful things and what was that how did you tap back into your inspiration again and how did you navigate that last year oh yeah um it was tough I'm not gonna lie mm. I've had a lot of doubts as well like everybody yeah um, that it's not so visual or you know on that social media or when mm-hmm. you talk with people uh, it's not the first thing that you share exactly. but what has helped me um I've tried to be inspired and there were not so many inputs or experiences that I could experience, you know, that I could live. Um, I tried to find inspiration by surprising myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that has been a global thing. So people have started to cook banana breads. Yeah. I to cook a banana bread already, yeah. so I didn't try that. Yeah. Um, I tried to go into artistic mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started painting. I've never painted in my life. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I started this. Um, I also did pottery. Nice. Luckily enough, next to where I live, um, there's kind of a small atelier, and one of the people that work there speaks kind of English. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I could go there. I, I got some classes of mm. pottery. I never did pottery in my life either. Um, I started to create decorations of my home which was empty of course because of the pandemic wow. <laughs> when I moved into Russia. Yeah. I just did things of myself and then again I was surprised by what I can do. Mm. Right? So and so it is by trying. So I found the inspiration on I would put it like this on my hands. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Because nothing was coming from outside. That's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. I think in many it was also kind of therapy. Exactly. You know, like yeah 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 that's so good that you know you said like nothing was really coming from outside i think so many people had to really look within at that time in many ways you know like yeah it was it was a good time in terms of coming out of that 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 space where i felt very uninspired it's like oh i feel so like I have a better understanding of me and the things that sort of fill me up and light up my fire again. So, you know, I guess we can, as as hard as it was, we can draw so much value from what we went through um, and what we're still going through. It was more introspective. Exactly, exactly. That's so good. Um, So there is one final question that I really want to ask and it's if there was one word or a phrase to describe the way or to describe the world through your eyes, what would it be? I cannot be limited by a word, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it can be as many words as you need. <laughs> okay. A phrase, I'll try a phrase. Yeah. Um, it would be something like, like everything is already here, mm. so there's no need to construct or create mm. anything more that blinds us. Mm. You just need to open our eyes. That's so good. I love that. That is so good. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could. Um, I wish I could keep you on here forever because it's just so <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like I can come away from this conversation just feeling so refreshed and and filled up. Also, speaking to someone who just has such beautiful perspective on the world and just life in general. So I really want to say thank you for sharing about yourself, sharing about your journey, and just. Yeah, sprinkling some inspiration for anyone who listens to this. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for this. And also, I, I want to thank you for the fact that you were brave enough to do something oh. that 
you know, it's it's not the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps you, and it can help others to get inspired and and get it off that box or that routine, that monotony, or mm-hmm. now that uh, hole that some people might have fallen into, especially into during last year. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a need for more of this, you know, more refreshing. Yeah. What it is. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope. Oh. I hope that's the intention. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. If you just manage to have one single person, that's already an achievement. Wow, you said it all. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining this conversation. And that's it for the first episode of Perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you feel as inspired and refreshed as I do by this talk. And remember, you are unlimited.